You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, let's talk today about something that is, uh, it's a big distinguisher between pro swings and amp swings. And we see it every time we use the force plates. We see it every time we use the 3D. And by and large, if you just look at the groups as kind of individuals, and this has nothing to do with one group's typically younger and fitter and all those things, this is something that the amateurs can do every bit as well as the professionals with whatever shape you're in right now. For me, that's more of a round shape. <laughs> <laughs> Then, you know, being one of these 20-something PGA Tour players who lives in the gym when he's not eating berries and nuts. So you can absolutely kind of emulate or incorporate, might be a better way to say it, what we're talking about today. And that's the flow and movement and the timing of those things throughout the golf swing. And when we look at amateur swings, we see this lacking in a big way. What Absolutely. What do you think? is the reason behind it because it's it's quite obvious i've, I've got my theories you know it we, we like to see you know when we look at swings we look at swings as one kind of flowing motion from start to finish and, that, and that's the way i look at golf swings and i think you know with the advent of you know people even the iphone people have been able to video their own swing kind of stop start it they start separating the swing into backswing, downswing. They look at it as two separate events. And once you start doing that, and I know this from experience because I, I did it myself, I've done everything you can do to try to, <laughs> to hurt a golf, swing. golf swing. I have done it all. I'm, so I'm very equipped to teach everybody because I've tried everything at least once and I've got myself out of everything at least once and got my swing back to where it should be. So I, I am, I can help you in that regard, but I know that's what happened to me. I started posing backswings. I was obsessed with getting to the top of the, I used to be laid off at the top of the backswing and I was obsessed with not being laid off. And I was looking at it as a placement issue. Like, okay, how do I just place the club up there? And if I, you can just hold it up there long enough in a mirror, you know, I can figure out where it needs to be, but just by adjusting my hands and arm position, I was so far off the track trying to do that, that it turned my swing into this, Okay, everything goes back, everything comes to a pause, and then everything comes down together. And I always talk about it like there was that kid on the Little League team. He played right field. I mean, he couldn't throw the ball. He couldn't get it to the second baseman because he didn't – he 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 had everything going back together, and they tried to do everything through together, and the ball just would, like, go three feet in front of him, right? And that's how I felt my golf swing was. I mean, I was strong enough to make it work and hit the ball decent, but it – I was missing the flowing motion where 
I had piecemealed it together for so long that I had lost that motion I had probably when I was younger, probably did it better. Um, but to me, that's why people too concerned with kind of posing back swings and trying to place it instead of swinging through the, the position. There's no flow. The flow. Right. Letting the flow take care of the position. And as you start the club back, if you're doing things right in the right sequence, the top of your backswing is going to be good anyway. Without, like, I feel like right now there's no placement at all. It just flows through that position, and it does exactly what I want it to do. It, it, it really is. If you do this right, it's like literally the best thing you ever felt in your golf swing. You know, and you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head with the, um, with the mirror work. And it doesn't take, um, you know, when, I, when I, uh, especially a new golfer comes in that, you know, we've not worked with before. And they're warming up and you're talking to them and asking them questions, kind of getting a feel for their game and them, their personality and how they like to learn. And within maybe five balls or less, sometimes you can tell if the guy's a mirror guy or not, right? You can see if he spends a lot of time in front of a mirror trying to hit those positions because while he's swinging, you're seeing the swing catalyst information. You're seeing, you know, just these distinct segments of a golf swing trying to be kind of put together. You can see him check his takeaway as he's swinging. You can see him check his top of the backswing as he's swinging. And then you see this big mad rush to make the downswing kind of dynamic. But golfers think all the time that the top of the backswing is half the golf swing. And it's not. The top of the backswing is three quarters of the golf swing. And most golfers have not done much work at all to get to the club to the top other than put the club to the top. They haven't really dynamically shifted. They haven't moved their body well. They haven't moved it. They haven't stretched. They haven't moved it with any stretch. They haven't done all sorts of things. Now they're going to call on all the the gods of athleticism (laughs) to help them move this club fast on the downswing when they haven't really prepared themselves to do that. And that's when you see these massive club plane issues, these flying body part issues and club face control issues, all that is because of what didn't happen in the backswing. And there's, there's maybe no bigger kind of solution for that than the first couple feet of the the golf swing. Yeah. You have got to put the work in early. And and when we say work, you know, it, it means getting some speed into the body in the club early so that you can put, some stretch in the body during the backswing, you know, stretching your upper and your lower body upper against the lower body and the stretching the shoulders and loading those joints up by the time you get to the top, instead of trying to do everything all at once, if you can do the work on the backswing, the downswing feels that's when you get those effortless swings, right? You might even, I think sometimes we luck into it. Like on the golf course, you'll hit a shot that you maybe even one of those, kind of layups on a par five that everyone hits once in a while and they just flush it because they probably aren't trying to steer it and they make more of this motion that we're talking about. Like the kind of, the, they don't really have a target in mind. They're just kind of hitting it down there and all of a sudden their body frees up and they make the, the only athletic swing they've made the whole round and they knock it in the water instead of laying up, you know, cause they hit it so good. They flush it right, you know, too far past their layup spot. And I think that, that to me, that, probably is what happens sometimes they're not trying to steer it and hit all these positions we have uh probably one of the most common early swing faults meaning that one of the swing faults that we see that really derails the rest of the golf swing is 
where the club is, where the hands are, and the takeaway. And by takeaway, we mean that when the shaft's parallel to the ground. Uh, we see so many golfers with the hands inside, club way behind them, that kind of in and under move. Uh, we see it the other direction too, but not near as much it seems like. And that's always the slowest part of the golf swing for most people. So they're trying to kind of fish. I love how you call that fishing for positions. They're, they're trying to put the club in that mirror in the right spot. But now you've got the body turning faster because it's a real swing. You've got all these things happening that all of that mirror work and all of that fishing for the position is undermined by the athleticism in the golf swing. So what will happen is they'll just slow down. And the club may get a little bit better, but what you're doing is robbing yourself of, of the athleticism that you need later in the golf swing. And you can take that same golfer struggling with that takeaway, pull one of his hands off the club and just give him, give him a left arm only. Have him start to swing a couple feet in front of the ball and whip the club back with his left hand. And Dead on playing. It's like magic. The club goes in the perfect spot. He's not thinking about it because he's just trying to make a movement because now he's got – you've really changed his perception of the golf swing because you've removed one hand, you made him start it in a different spot, now he's just instinctively moving it with speed, and the club always goes in a better spot. And then the next swing, he'll put both hands on it and try to mimic it, go slow, and it'll be back under, and you got to take a hand off. So you've really got to start to allow the body to move. The club's going to kind of take the path of least resistance when you're moving quickly. It's difficult yeah. to move the club quickly and force it in a bunch of different directions because the club takes on that, that moment of inertia and it, it wants to travel in an efficient path, plane really. And when you move slow, it's it's like trying to pull a wagon. When you're a kid, if you've ever pulled a wagon or your, your friend's in a wagon, it's hard to make that thing go straight when you're going slow. But when mm -hmm. you, you set that thing going downhill and you're just holding on for dear life, it wants to go a little straighter. So it, nothing's different in the golf swing. You can really set your swing off on the right foot by just literally adding speed to your takeaway. And the yeah, arms you know, and the body yeah. and the shift, all of those things. Well, you know, we we call it like a swing. I like to call it like a swinging backswing. You don't, you yeah. know, that, that drill, and you can do it with two hands too, just Keep your hands kind of in front of you at a dress, but swing the club head forward a couple of feet and you're just using your wrist, kind of swing the club head forward to the ball and then swing the club back with some speed early and you're going to feel a whole different backswing you've ever felt and the body's going to wind a little more effectively. You'll feel more of a wind up with the muscles in your kind of between your uh, hips and your upper body and that's what you need to be feeling and that's why, you know, we've got our, our AMG swing system on our membership site. I mean, we have checkpoints there that we want you, you know, to use as a reference to how well you're doing, but the drills to get to the checkpoints are all swinging drills. They're all these rhythm and, and, um, motion drills. We call them motion drills because they're not static drills. There are these drills where you start the club forward and swing back through the position. Cause that's how you're going to learn to make a dynamic movement. And you can keep an eye on the positions with the checkpoints that we have, but you don't want to be fishing for those spots. And that's why we designed it that way. And I mean, the more we do this, the more I teach golf, the more I'm giving these kind of motion drills to people where they learn this rhythm, this kind of stepping rhythm. We'll talk about that in maybe another episode, but getting some flow into the swing instantly gives them club speed. And also, as long as the grip is kind of functional, they get 
better club face control. They're not trying to steer it because their body's getting to such better spots that the club actually squares up at the bottom better than it was before when they were trying to kind of artificially do that, if that makes sense. Yeah, because here's the key to all that. Once you move through that position, you're off to another position, right? Mm-hmm. When, when you're kind of forcing the club there, okay, I made it through that position. And now then, you got to go the next and one. And then you got to like, it never ends. Like you want these reactionary movements to happen. And if we can kind of do, we were talking about this before we started recording, if we can kind of describe what we see so many golf swings as far as the movement pattern. We see slow, stop, shift, turn, right? Slow, mm-hmm. stop, shift, turn. And then when you look at the pros, you see a shift first, you see a turn, mm-hmm. then you see a shift, then you see a turn. And those start to with overlap. With a totally different rhythm. Yeah, with a totally different rhythm. Yeah, they start to overlap. They're not segments of of the swing, they are just overlapping movements. And you start the key, someone told me, uh, might've been Dr. Rob Neal. This has been years ago. And if it wasn't him, I apologize for not giving you credit. Told me that the key to the golf swing is learning and understanding how to move two different directions at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we see this all the time, the pelvis, and the upper body are closing in the backswing, right? They're rotating closed in the backswing. That happens as you're shifting towards the target. Most golfers don't shift. That the shift triggers the opening move. So it triggers the opposite of what should happen. You've got to learn to have two almost opposing movements happening at the same time. And you do that instinctively and naturally by moving faster, by moving more dynamically. It's not something you want to think about in the backswing. But you do it, like you said, every time you throw a ball. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a 100-mile-an-hour fastball to do it. You do it just tossing a ball. You do it almost when you take a step. It's that it's that kind of natural to what we do. Because the ball's sitting there, because we start from, a, most cases, a dead standstill, which is a whole other topic in itself, you, we kind of don't have that trigger to create motion, and then we get this slow stop, shift, turn move rather than, shift, turn, shift, turn move that we see the best players do. Yeah, I've been, I've been teaching a lot more triggers in the backswing um, just in the last year, I guess, just from understanding this stuff so much more. You give someone a little trigger, even if it's in their pre-shot routine, it, it adds this little bit of flow to the beginning of the swing, and that changes the rest of the motion, and it cleans up so many things. And, and you even see guys like even Ricky Fowler on the range hitting balls tapping his feet a lot of people don't know what he's doing but he's finding that stepping rhythm and creating some flow in his swing because that's the natural movement pattern of the body and that's like a sound biomechanic swing when the body is moving in this stepping rhythm and it has this flow to it that's the best way to move with the most speed for the least chance of injury and also to hit the ball the straightest because you're getting consistent delivery of the club because you're not trying to artificially steer it. And I think that's the main thing you want to take out of this. Yeah, if you want to feel what we're talking about in this lesson, do the step drill. Do the two-step drill. Step right, step left. Do the one-step drill. Mix them up. Yep, those are the two I use all the time. And you will be forced to change your timing. You'll be forced to hit that ball solid. And most golfers, it was doing a, an online lesson last night. Guy had a really cool setup at his house. He was doing this. He could not get the club, the club he was hitting, to 82 miles an hour club pit speed, efforting like crazy. He kind of took a pause, 
did a step drill, and he was hitting him 89, 88. Unbelievable. It happens every day. And he goes, this this feels like I'm not doing anything. So you you just really start getting everything on the same page when you learn how to to kind of harness the step. I mean, we all take steps, millions of them, every week. Well, some of us more than others. I've been taking a lot. We take a lot of steps every week. We do way more steps than we do golf swings. We want to harness that motor pattern, that body movement into the golf swing. And it's going to be much more natural, much faster, much more athletic, and a lot more fun because the ball's going to go where you want it to go way more often. It's way more fun to play like this than it is trying to search for these positions when you're playing golf and trying to fish for them. I mean, that's just no fun. No. You're just steering the club around. No, it's brutal. And thinking or playing with something athletic in mind, like, boom, I'm shifting. I'm going to shift on this swing. That's way more doable than I'm going to put my club in X position at the top because, one, you're going to have no idea if you're doing it or not. But you can sense yourself making a step-type movement in your golf swing for sure. No, I need to make, have one more quick story before we're done. I know right, we're over now. Let's go. So when I first started talking to Mike, he's the first one that had to swing cattle. So all of us, all of the guys that were friends teaching golf. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm seeing this like pressure goes to the right early. Then it gets left. And then it just kind of hangs out there and there's this flow to it. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I don't, I, I wasn't doing it in my swing and I thought I was pretty good. And, um, you know, the more we do this, he had it nailed. What was that? Six years ago? That's six like, years ago. feel 60 when you talking about golf technology, but yeah, it's been a handful of years ago. You had it nailed back then and, um, it's all come full circle, but man, the, the stepping drills that you were doing back then and we started adding them into our teaching and it helped so much and it, it it's benefited. It's why we named the company pretty much the way we named it athletic motion because we wanted it to feel like other sports but um you had it nailed a long time ago and um it's all kind of coming full circle now and it's way more fun to play like this you know we did not invent the step drill it's been around a long time but Um, it kind of went out of vogue for a little while but i'm telling you it is the way to feel this timing it's it's i mean when drills have been around a long time they've been around a long time for a reason it's because they typically Mm -hmm. work and this is one that needs its due you need to do it if you're not. You need to feel what that feels like being able to move in that kind of cadence and rhythm, and you will improve your golf swing doing it. Absolutely. All right, that's it. We went a little over, but I think it was well worth <laughs> the uh, the squeeze, as they say. Yeah, and uh, if, if these are helping you guys, please go on to iTunes and give us a review. Write us a review. Leave us a five-star. It helps more golfers find this podcast. We're trying to help as many of you guys as possible. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening. We will see you on the next one.